0: Hello and welcome to The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host Louisa Fletcher.
1: We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you're buying, selling, renting, letting or simply staying put.
0: We'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. In today's show, Louisa has been investigating what Lockdown 3 means for buyers, sellers
1: and property prices. And Monty will be talking about the Mortgage Payment Holiday Scheme, how it works and what you need to know before you apply for one.
0: We'll also be asking if the Stamp Duty holiday was really a good idea. And Monty
1: will be sharing his pick of the current crop of mortgage rates. We're here to help you make money, save money and most importantly of all, protect yourself regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey. There you go. Should
0: we get started, Lou?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Monty.
0: Well, here we are then. Um, This is our very first Property Show podcast, Lou. (laughs) It is.
1: It is. Uh, It feels like we've been saying this for ages, Monty, that we're going to do a podcast. And we're finally here. We're doing it.
0: I know. We're we're, we're here. I'm I'm sitting in my little Harry Potter-esque um <laughs> office under the stairs looking mm-hmm. out at uh, uh, my 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 window and uh, it's actually quite sunny today and and I'm stuck in here there you go but but it's all in the name of helping people understand what's going on in in the housing and property markets and uh coming later we're going to discuss house prices and and mortgages but um first of all we're in lockdown 3 Lou. so uh-huh. What does Gosh. that actually mean for people who are, who are trying to move home at the moment?
1: So there was quite a bit of chat in the news this week about whether or not the housing market would have to be suspended. Um, yeah. Good news is for everybody, that hasn't occurred yet. Um, so as it stands, everything, you know, is is all systems go still. You can still view properties for sale or let. Um, you can still have buyers around if you're trying to sell and you can still move home. Yeah. But... But, but, but there are some golden rules that you have to remember because, of course, we have to make sure everybody stays safe. So the first thing is um, estate agents can't organise what's called open houses. So an open house is a really good way. um, It's a really good tool for estate agents to get together a group of buyers over um, a certain period of time. So you might try to get eight to 10 buyers around a property um, all within a two hour period. So there's a bit of an overlap. Um, and what that does is effectively creates like a competitive atmosphere so that buyers see that other people are interested and, and hopefully. Put yeah, the best forward. Right. So as it stands at the moment, that's not safe. So you can't do an open house viewing. That's number one thing. The next thing is, Um, We we have to make sure that any property that's being viewed is COVID safe. So what that looks like is um, the person selling it or letting it has to ensure that all the hard surfaces, so floors, work surfaces, stuff like that have all been cleaned and disinfected. Mm. They've been all the way through and cleaned any sort of touch points. So that's like light fittings, door handles and stuff. But the big thing is you have to go through and open all of the doors throughout the property. So I don't know about you, but when I go around to look at a house, I want to open like the wardrobe doors and see what the like, storage space is like. And I want to kind of look in the boiler cupboard and all yeah. of that stuff. I love you know,
0: opening the drawers. That's yeah. that's the best bit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> poking around, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so the thing is, because we're trying to en- encourage no touching, so a contactless environment, mm. what you've got to do is if you know you've got people coming around to look at the place, you need to make sure they don't have to open anything themselves. So you've got to open all all the cupboard doors, open all the doors internally. So you're creating what's called a contactless viewing environment. Okay. Needless to say, the agent involved is going to be wearing his face mask, hand sanitizer. He's going to be making sure that anybody coming to view the property is doing the same thing. Um, also, it's recommended that if you are currently living in this property, if you're trying to sell it or let it, that you would go out for the duration of the viewing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what that means is, you know, it might, you might choose to sort of be in the garden for a bit, you know, but basically get yourself out of, of the house. And again, this is just to make sure that, you know, you're not passing bugs. If you can, ventilate the property before and after. So open all the windows, get the fresh air coming into yeah. the property. Yeah. So that all sounds like quite a bit of faff. So a lot of agents, unsurprisingly, so what a lot of agents are offering is the opportunity to do a virtual viewing.
0: So they're sending things like drones around the house. And... Well,
1: it's not quite as technical as that, actually. <laughs> but so what what that means is that the agent would make the appointment to come to the property at a time that suits both the vendor and the, the buyer or the landlord and, and the renter. And then they get FaceTime face up on their phone and they basically walk around in real time and show the interested party the rooms they can then open the doors go in you know it's so it's a real tour of a home not a yeah. hollywood movie okay <laughs> right so be clear about that um but but it's really it's good for everybody so firstly for the for the person selling or letting it means they don't have to go through all of that prep Um, For the agent, it's much safer because they're coming into contact with fewer people. And for the person who's looking to move, it means that they're actually... And how cool is that? You could view five or six properties in an afternoon from the comfort of your sofa.
0: Yeah, I like that idea.
1: So I think actually that's probably the way it's going to go, like long term. But essentially what that offers you is the chance to do your first viewings in a different way to the way you would normally. And then if there's anything that you're really interested in, then obviously you can book a physical viewing. Yeah,
0: because yeah, it's all about getting that gut feel as well, mm. isn't it? Mm. I, I can see it as a first appointment. Mm. That's, that's a mm. great idea.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, so we're not saying it replaces ever like setting foot in the property before you buy mm. it or, or rent it but what it does do is it cuts out a lot of that initial kind of legwork so yeah. that's where we are at the moment and the good news also is that surveyors can still visit properties to do all the bits and pieces they need to do such as do a mortgage valuation or do a survey so that's yeah. all we can that's all going ahead as well good mm. and it's
0: uh, and and it's still busy
1: Mm. So, oh yeah, yeah. This, isn't yeah yeah for sure so um most of the agents i'm speaking to across the country are reporting certainly a record december and this is like the busiest december they've ever you know ever seen wow. um yeah. and many started back after christmas with what is shaping up to be possibly the biggest january so it's
0: interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's really interesting isn't it you know thinking about what's thinking about what's driving this that you've got all the usual demand-sided reasons why people want to buy a house. You've got your first-time buyers who are desperate to get out of home under the feet of the mum and dad or, or the mum and dad are desperate to get <laughs> um, Starting a new family.
1: Mm-hmm. Lockdown babies. Lockdown, yeah, babies. lockdown babies.
0: Yeah, uh, lockdown babies. Moving to school catchment areas and also, you know, people getting divorced because they've yeah. been stuck with each other and they need two properties. And on top of that, you've now got this whole change in work environment where people are probably looking for gardens outside space home offices um and and that's what's also driving demand at the moment so you've got all this demand from loads of different reasons sort of exploding out into the market
1: yeah i mean frankly i'm astounded and i you know and i've been doing this for a long time as you know monty and i never saw this coming i could never have i could never have imagined that we would be where we are now in mm. in terms of how busy you know the market is but i do think there's also this kind of fomo element to everything which brings us neatly onto the stamp duty holiday
0: yes so yeah, that's very interesting so t- tell everyone about that lou
1: so stamp duty if you're listening to this and you, you haven't yet bought a property Stamp duty is the tax that you pay when you buy a home, okay? And you pay it on the completion of property purchase. And that's the really important bit. And you'll understand why in a second, if you, you know, for those who are new to this. Um, Now, in most cases, first-time buyers are exempt from paying stamp duty there are a few technical exemptions that's so a few cases where you might pay stamp duty but but for the vast majority they won't pay stamp duty on their first time so the, the first time you'll probably encounter stamp duty is is when you come to kind of do your second step right um so everybody pays you know who's who's at that point pays stamp duty as part of a purchase tax and this tax is calculated a little bit like income tax so there's a certain amount that that you don't pay tax on and then after that it's kind of calculated in bands very dull we won't talk about that in any great detail now <laughs> but the point i'm i'm sort of getting to here is that in the vast majority of cases other than first-time buyers everybody pays tax so yeah. what mr sunak has done is said look we know that when people buy a property They would normally spend between eight and nine thousand pounds is the average, depending on which report you read, on ancillary stuff around that move. So what what that is, is you know, you move house, you need a new bed, you need a new sofa, you want carpets, you want curtains, you might decide to get a workman in to do some decorating or whatever it is. So his view was: well, if more people move move home, then that will mean there's more spending. So it will stimulate the economy. Yeah. So back in the spring last year. He did a thing that was very brave. I think a lot of people would agree with that and said, "Okay, that's cool. For a period of time, um, up to a point, you will not pay any stamp duty. So up to a certain point of value in your property, when you purchase, you won't pay any tax. And what that means is um, the first £500,000 of your purchase at the moment is exempt from paying stamp duty. So in real terms, that means the maximum you can save is a £15,000 stamp duty bill.
0: Which, which is is a good good old saving for most important. people yeah, yeah it's a
1: new kitchen right you know <laughs> um, yeah. and that accounts for about 70% of transactions okay so on hearing that news a lot of people who were put off potentially from moving, now hearing that they're not going to probably pay stamp duty, or if they are paying stamp duty, they're going to be getting a 15 grand discount, up to a 15 mm. grand discount. And they're like, happy days. So and this-, this was
0: for everyone, wasn't it? It, it yeah. wasn't just, this is yeah. what surprised me. It wasn't just yeah. the first-time buyers. It was second-time buyers. Even people who were purchasing a an investment property yeah. by buy to let as yeah. well.
1: Yeah. So this is kind of what's generated this gold rush if you like yeah um so but but here's the really interesting thing the property market was doing okay before so yeah. you know we came we came out of lockdown and the first lockdown that is and you know it widely reported everybody being kind of stuck at home for three and a half four months or so and as everything you said earlier monty there was this demand to move home so what what you could almost argue, is that Mr Sunak kind of threw petrol on an already burning bonfire.
0: Mm. And that's caused some of the issues that we've got now because because of this explosion, there's a there's an awful lot of issue now with actually getting things completed on time in order to hit the March 31st deadline. I mean, yeah. we're seeing it, obviously, lenders are sort of struggling anyway because a lot of their people are now working at home. Um So now they're inundated with applications, but the real issue is in the conveyancing, in the legal Mm. work that has to be done. Mm. And we're seeing a lot of conveyancers really start to struggle with that, especially things like getting um, local searches through. Mm -hmm. There are some councils who aren't guaranteeing you're going to get the local search through in time to actually complete.
1: I mean, and this is a huge problem. And I totally understand that if you're a buyer or seller in this market, it, it must be very frustrating because you're kind of like I want to get the deal done. I want to a I want to move home. B I want to make sure I save that stamp duty. But if you're listening to this and you're in that position, please remember <laughs> that um, according to Right Move, uh, property search um, website, mm-hmm. there are over six hundred thousand transactions that are sat in the pipework that that they're hoping somehow. Will complete before the thirty first of March.
0: Now that's some stat. We'll we'll come on to housing transactions and and yeah the numbers later. So maybe yeah. I'll I'll uh, I'll push you for your predictions on that yeah. a bit later. But uh, but that is some stat. That is six hundred thousand.
1: Yeah. So in the context of this conversation, that would be over half the total number of properties that were bought in the in a, the, the in the country last year, well, trying to complete within less than a three month period. So. so- You don't have to know much about the housing market to see that that's going to be an interesting few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I would encourage anybody who's buying and selling at the moment, just, I get this is frustrating. However, please, it's nobody's fault. Okay, everybody's working really hard in the background. (laughs) Yeah, we
0: really are. To get you moving. We really are.
1: What
0: what would be your your advice then for, for people who are moving in the next three months?
1: I would suggest calculate... Um, the stamp duty that you would have to pay if you miss the current deadline of the 31st of March. If you're already engaged with a conveyancer or solicitor, they will be able to calculate that for you accurately. Um, Or you can go online, there's a tool um, on gov.uk, stamp duty, And it will bring up a nice little calculator and you can figure it out for yourself mostly. You'll get a very good good. idea. Um, But what that means is have that money set aside so that if you miss the 31st of March um, deadline, um, you've got the money there to pay it. Because you have to pay your stamp duty within 30 days of the day that you complete and you can't get out of it. So. We're, we're going to be tight now if you, if you still haven't exchanged yet. So just make sure you go through, run the numbers, and have that money set to one side.
0: Very good. Thank you very much, Lou. Good advice there. Um, just a reminder you're listening to the Property Show podcast with Monty and Lou. And coming up, we're going to chat about house prices and, uh, and what will change this year and also look at mortgage rates.
1: So we've just talked about people moving home at the moment, Monty, but
0: yes. I just
1: wanted to think about homeowners who are staying put Mm. at the moment um and as you said earlier you know we're in in the midst of of lockdown three um some people are coming to furlough for the first time they weren't furloughed last year but perhaps they've been put on furlough this year um we we know that a lot of people have found themselves in very tough financial circumstances so i just want to talk a little bit about the mortgage payment holiday scheme do you you yeah
0: yeah. did you deliberately call it the holiday scheme i have yeah yeah, because uh, I know it winds you up. It's not a holiday, right? It, right. Tell me why it's
1: not a holiday. Tell us why it's, it's not, not a holiday.
0: holiday so I, th- I think that I think they sort of shot themselves in the foot a little bit by calling it a holiday, because what it ostensibly does is it lets people who are having some financial difficulties or think they might have some financial difficulties speak to their lender and defer defer their mortgage payments for three months mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. And then if you're still in, still having issues, you could probably extend it again for another three months. So it's not a holiday. In other words, a holiday conjures up. You're sitting on a beach somewhere, not worrying about your mortgage payments and, and don't worry about yeah. it. They'll be yeah. taken care of. You don't actually physically have to pay them for three months, but the interest you would have paid doesn't disappear. Okay. It gets added onto your mortgage.
1: Okay. So if you
0: don't pay anything for three months, those three months payments get added onto your mortgage and when you come back after three months and say, Okay, I can continue on again, then your mortgage monthly payments will probably increase. Okay. Because your mortgage has increased. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't really Mm realise that. Mm -hmm. So what we saw initially was a massive influx. We had tales of some lenders taking twenty to twenty five thousand calls a day. Wow. just on this alone from people who thought oh brilliant I can have 3 months off and not worry about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so what we're very keen on saying is look this is a need to have not a nice to have
1: okay and that
0: message has started to go out if you saw some there were some figures released by um the uh, imla um mm-hmm. the intermediary mortgage lenders association uh, mm-hmm. last week which basically showed now from the hundreds of thousands of people who had a payment holiday earlier now there's only around about a hundred just over a hundred thousand who still do okay um so a lot of people are understanding that now but it did cause an awful lot of issues um but for those people who are faced with furlough or they are faced with some difficulties it is still something there don't be shy Pick up the phone, talk to your mortgage lender, or talk to your mortgage broker to get some advice on it, and take advantage of it if you need it.
1: So, and it's it great that there is a a mortgage payment deferral scheme that that people can can use if they need.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: you know, there is there is another factor to this. So, when these were released, um, the the government was at pains to say that um, if you took. Mortgage payment deferral option that it wouldn't leave a black mark on your credit rating. Yeah. However, there are some people who have found now that now they've they've come out the other side of all of this, you know, they've come off furlough, they're back at work, everything's gone back to normal, and they've decided that they want to move house um, or perhaps um, they're still staying where they they are, but they want to remortgage. Um, They're finding that the fact that they've taken a mortgage payment deferral previously is now creating a challenge for them when they're applying for a new mortgage. So, so why is that?
0: Yeah, um, the government was very, uh, really at pains to to say first of all that um, that it won't affect your your credit rating at all. You're right, and uh, and to the most part, they they are right in that it doesn't actually go down as a mark against you physically on your credit rating. Um, so that's good. However, we have seen that some lenders are taking it into account, especially for people who are in the middle of that holiday. So if your mortgage rate happens to come up and be up for renewal while you're taking that holiday, you won't be able to remortgage to another lender until you're out of that payment holiday. And in some instances, some lenders are saying, well, we're not even going to switch you to another rate until you're out of this. Lenders have got better and better as time goes on, and and most lenders now will switch you, but you won't be able to remortgage elsewhere. And we're also sometimes seeing some lenders looking at and asking the question, have you taken a mortgage payment um, deferral? Um, And that could be affected in their decision-making. So it's not quite as cut and dry as, as everyone thought it would be.
1: So it's something to be aware of. If you are at the point where you may be considering this, is it worth perhaps speaking to your lender or your mortgage broker just to say, you know, I need some help. What the, you know, what are the options yeah, available? Absolutely,
0: because there are other options as yeah, well.
1: Um, yeah. So, what are they? So, if you if you if you don't, you know, what are the alternatives? I guess to taking a mortgage payment deferral. What what else could you do? So-
0: potentially it's all about making sure the payments are affordable for you while you're going through this phase so that mm. so there are things you can do like move part or all of the mortgage onto an interest only payment mm-hmm. um, So actually, that's one option. And that will reduce your monthly payments. But Mm -hmm. just remember that if you do that, your mortgage isn't actually getting paid off.
1: Of course, you're just
0: servicing the interest. Yes. Or in some instances, you might be able to just extend the term of the mortgage. So if you've got 15 years left on your mortgage, you might be able to extend it by another five or 10 years. And again, that will flatten down the payments a bit. So there are options it's definitely worth just don't stick your head in the in the sand and yeah. think everything's going to be okay. There are yeah. lots of people to talk to, and mm. lenders have been fantastic in dealing mm. with people over this. Mm. So don't be afraid to talk to your lender.
1: That's that's awesome. That's really helpful, Monty. And there's some really valuable stuff there. And I guess the big message here is that, as you say, you know, lenders want to help, um, but the sooner you ring them to let them know that that you need that help, the better, because The minute you miss a mortgage payment, life gets difficult. So ring them, call them, talk to them, pick up the phone, email them, do whatever you need to do. But the help is there. You just need to ask for it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, You're listening to The Property Show with Louisa Fletcher and Andrew Montlake. And coming up later, we'll be talking about house prices.
1: Mm. (laughs) Hmm. My favourite subject. Um, But before we get to that, while yes. we're chatting about mortgages, Monty, um, just sort of having a look at what's been going on the last couple of weeks, I read a few days ago that um, 10% deposit mortgages are making a bit of a comeback.
0: They are, Lou. are right. This is good
1: news, isn't
0: it? It is good news.
1: Why is it good news, Monty? Tell us why that is good <laughs> news.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, we've we talked about the stamp duty holiday and who are the main people who want to benefit from the stamp duty holiday. It's our beleaguered first-time buyers who uh who have been struggling to save uh, for ages and and cobbled together a 10 deposit um if they're if they're lucky and the very time where they think excellent i can save even more money with a stamp duty holiday um 90 mortgages aren't around and mm. this was because when lenders were having their issues with capacity because they had people working from home, they had loads of applications, etc., they decided to cut down on the amount of products they offer. And if you're a lender, the type of products you're going to cut down on are the ones perceived to be more risky. So, what they did was they pulled all their 90% mortgage products from the market. So there were a couple of lenders who HSBC were really good. They stayed in the market for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just found they were getting inundated because of no one else offering the same products. Mm. So they disappeared for a bit. And um, and that was a real issue for the market. But now things are starting to ease a little bit. Now we're starting to see light at the end of the tunnel with with various vaccines coming out. Mm. Um we're starting to see lenders come back into the market and now you have hsbc who came back into the market last week Mm -hmm. you've got people like halifax barclays bank of ireland accord they're all back into this market Um, but it's interesting to see how the rates have changed themselves which are now a lot more expensive than they were back then so there is choice available again but nowhere near as much choice and if you want a 90% mortgage it's going to cost you more
1: so just to put that into context for people who because you know we look at mortgage stuff all day long right because it's what we do for a living yeah. um you more so than i actually but what's the difference so if i had say a 40% deposit what what would what would the rate sort of be that i could perhaps get and then what's the difference between that and like a 10% mortgage product
0: yeah. So at, at the moment, rates are still really cheap. If you've got a 40% deposit, you're, you're really in the golden area. So you can get a two-year fix with uh, Leeds Building Society at 1.14% at the moment, mm. wow. or a five-year fix with Barclays at one34 In wow. fact, you can even get a 10-year fix at
1: one99 Wow. So that's <laughs> really, really
0: competitive. Yes. Um, if you take that, to only a ten percent deposit, nationwide will give you a two year fix at three point two four percent. Okay. Or I you mean, can get a five year fix at three point three four percent with uh, digital mortgages by Atom Bank. So it's um it is a big difference. You It is at- a big yeah. difference.
1: I mean, it's still historically cheap. Because, um, you know, the long range average, you know this better than I do, Monty, but prior to the last sort of credit crunch, so 2008, the long range average mortgage rate was about sort of five and a half percent, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So when you look at it like that, it's still cheap. It's just not as cheap as, you know, 1.99 fixed for 10 years. No, which absolutely. Really- and a
0: lot of people do forget that. That's a really, really good point. A lot of people look at base rate, which is what? 0.1 percent at the moment, incredibly, you know, ridiculously low,
1: mm.
0: and think that mortgage rates should be completely reflective of that, mm. and they forget the historical perspective. Mm. Uh, you know, ten years ago, if someone had told me you'd get five-year fixes, at, you know, under one and a half percent, they were absolutely crazy. And, and
1: yeah, you'd, yeah, you
0: probably cart them away, but uh, <laughs> it, it's just extraordinary now. Um, And it is about getting it into perspective. We always say to clients, it's all about making sure something is affordable for you Mm. now and Mm. in the future.
1: Mm.
0: And don't worry about playing the market Mm. because we can never predict what's going to happen next as as 2020 (laughs) proved. Yeah. Well, I think we should – we should – talk about house prices just before Ooh, we go because we've can said we
1: said we, we better do can we do and that? i
0: i know you love it
1: oh, i do love a bit of housing data so 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 here, on, what's here's, going where on? It's at. here's where it's at um i'm going to talk to you about three bits of data very briefly and i'm going to try to put them into context for everybody listening to this so you can understand why monty and i are sat here scratching our heads going what's going on um the first thing we're going to talk about is the amount of houses That are sold or homes that are sold every year. And generally, we would anticipate over the last five years that 1.1 million residential properties are sold over a a 12 month period. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 just the market ticking over, doing what it's doing, about 1.1 million transactions in a year. Yeah. So when we look back at 2020. Um, We actually saw that the year started absolutely where we anticipated it would, with just over 96,000 sales completed. And February was even busier, just over 98,000 homes were, were sold and completed. So everything was ticking along, and then COVID happened. And then the market dropped off. So for anybody who'd managed to get their survey done prior to lockdown, there were people who were still working. So actually, there were there were a handful of people who were, you know, the, the wheels were still turning, yeah, which meant absolutely. that, you know, just over 40,000 um, sales completed in March, which is quite a miracle, really, when you think about what happened. Mm. Then, as we were talking about earlier, you know, we came out of, of lockdown and the, the stamp duty holiday was actually announced i think it was was it june the 8th or june the 9th i can't remember so long ago now but what we actually see looking at the data is that there were already in june so bearing in mind these are completions so that means everything was agreed and the paperwork was all done months ago there were 62 odd thousand completions in june okay so that's yeah. all as a result of what happened before lockdown yeah absolutely. okay then we we look at seventy odd thousand completions in July. So what we're seeing is the market was busy before the stamp duty holiday was introduced. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you if you work on the basis that you know before it all went really nuts, it would take about four months on average for a, for a completion mm. from the from the day that you um, accepted an offer to the day that you got the keys. About four months what we're now seeing is that really the the impact of the stamp duty holiday wasn't seen until October, November. So to to put it into context, in November, we saw over 115,000 completions. Wow. So that's really the start of what's coming down the pipe. So as it stands at the moment... We will probably. We haven't yet seen the completion figures for December yet, but it's looking highly likely that we will get to a million, if not more, residential completions for 2020 as a whole.
0: Okay, so that's Louise's prediction.
1: So I would be one million. I reckon. Yeah, when the scores are on the doors in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be sat here saying that that there were still, despite COVID, despite everything, there were still over a million homes Mm. sold last year.
0: Um, And what about this year then? What's your prediction for this year?
1: So I think we're going to see, as we were talking about earlier, you know, looking at that right move stat again, they're saying that there are over 600,000 properties which are sold subject to contract and yet to Mm -hmm. complete, and they're all aiming to get in before the end of March. So now you can see where I'm coming from, right? That's over half of what we did in one year. Yeah. If that occurs, um, then I think we will probably all things remaining kind of roughly where they are at the moment, I reckon we'll probably see, I'd feel comfortable saying we'll probably see a million sales again in mm. 2021, simply by virtue of the fact that probably the vast majority of that's going to occur prior to the stamp duty deadline in March. Um, you know, who knows, but that's kind of my, that's my feel. That's my gut feel.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting looking at um, at house prices and and what we've seen from Halifax and nationwide saying that house prices have risen by about what six and a half seven percent this year. You know, no one expected that at the start of this year, did they? Yeah.
1: So, the latest data from Halifax, um, that was released a few days ago, points to the fact that as of December, the average sold price of a property was 253,374 pounds, yeah, in the UK um and that reflects an annual average uplift so an annual average rise in house prices of six percent across 2020 mm. yeah, which wow. is astounding and frankly yeah, if we'd have all been doing this back in april i don't think i don't think either of us would have sat there and gone oh yeah well you know by the end of the year we're going to see a six percent rise in house prices." No,
0: exactly
1: so you know that that for me and i think the other thing probably to mention here is that the The back end of 2020 is when we first have seen the average house price in the UK breach the quarter of a million mark. Wow! That's, yeah. yeah, that really yeah, it's
0: incredible, isn't it? Yeah. and it's interesting looking at looking at next year because mm. it's something I've been looking at, and and you know it's a, you're either brave or stupid to make predictions <laughs> in, in this environment. So I thought, what the hell. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm probably both of those things all no, the latter no, um, you're looking not. ahead this pace of house price growth surely can't can't continue um, so
1: yeah I mean what we're seeing now is again sort of reflecting on on the right move data for a moment they've just released their house price index um, for January um now the interesting thing here is the right move house price index, is asking prices okay and then obviously as you know but just explaining it for everybody listening in um other indices so for example the Halifax figure I quoted just now so that's based on what the what the mortgage is agreed on okay so it's two kind of different points of the process so thinking about asking prices for a moment because of course you know one of my favorite sayings a house is only worth what someone is prepared to pay for it Okay. So the asking price is what the seller would ideally like for it. And then there's somewhere in between what the buyer actually wants to pay for it. Um, But asking prices have cooled a teeny tiny bit between December and January. So the average asking price for the UK, according to Rightmove, um, in December was £319,945. And that's dropped slightly um by literally 0.9 so just less than one percent um so it's dropped to 317,058 pounds so that's yeah. a um a drop if you like if you if you were to look at that in pounds and pence of 280 something thousand pounds yeah. 280 that's interesting you know. yeah so why why do we think that is well Personally, I believe that that is everybody looking at this stamp duty deadline and thinking, do you know what, if I'm a bit more realistic about the price that I'll accept, I've probably got a better chance of getting something going and getting a sale agreed. Um, But of course, you know, the likelihood now, if you're accepting an offer in, january of actually getting it all done before the end of march as we said earlier uh, i you'd be a brave person if you thought you'd do it so that's why it comes back to that thing i was saying earlier do make sure you've got the money set aside for stamp duty just in case you don't hit Mm. the deadline
0: it's interesting i I think um i've seen reports that actually it is starting to change from a seller's market to a buyer's market (laughs) Mm. so um i think i agree that the rate of house prices will slow and mm. I think it will be very regional next year. Mm, definitely, you'll probably see. I still think you'll probably see growth of up to around two percent in some regions, with with others maybe falling by about two percent. So that's sort of that's sort of the range.
1: Yeah, I um, think it's going to be very much a, a regionalised housing market rather than a national one. So it'll be yeah. really different between between major towns and cities, and yeah, absolutely. you know, it, it really it really just does depend on everything's relative, right? So. You know, it's it as you've got to be clued up about what's going on in your yeah. local area.
0: Yeah, Lou. Yeah, and we're out of time.
1: Monty, are we? Wow, wow. we're probably, we we're probably
0: out of time. Ten minutes ago, but I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, so there you go. I think we've we've uh, we've recorded our first property podcast.
1: That's awesome. Well, thank you. I, I, I've had fun. I hope you've had fun.
0: Well, thank you, yeah. I, I, I didn't drift off once. I, so <laughs> I, I found that very interesting. Um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, having us with you today. And uh, that just about wraps things up for this episode of The Property Show. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating or leave us a review in your podcast app.
1: And if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us, Please give us a follow on social media. You'll find us on all the usual channels.
0: See you next time.